All right. Hey, everybody. I am Stacy Lynn, and I want to just say thank you for joining me today for another edition of Bible News Radio. Here we're, we're uh, recording again from our living room and trying to make this a little bit more casual because, well, we're kind of a casual group of people, aren't we? So I want to thank you for joining us this week for Bible News Radio. We may be doing short little segments depending on the interruptions I may or may not get during my recording here. So we'll see. Uh, so just pardon that if that happens. Uh, Randall and I are still doing what we need to do. And it's still important to me to get some stuff out here uh, to you. Um, and eventually we will get back to our regularly taped way. But for now, I just want to say here we are. Yeah, we are. So, hey, if you're new to the show, I am Stacy Lynn. I am the host of the show, and I want to let you know my main website is BibleNewsRadio.com or HeartTug.org. Both places will take you to the same place, BibleNewsRadio.com. Go there and join my email list. If you join my email list, then you'll be able to get my email, and that will keep you up to date on some of the other ministry activities that we're working on, okay? So today, though, what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things, okay? There's a lot going on in the news. There's no doubt about it. There are things that I could talk for hours about very easily. But the first thing I want to encourage you with is the Word of God. Word of God. This show is Bible News Radio. That means we put the Bible first. <laughs> that means that we look at what's going on in the world from a biblical worldview. That what we believe about this book and in this book is primary. You know, because the research was done a number of years ago uh, that showed that most Christians don't read the Bible every day and that there is a significant difference in how things are for Christians who read the Bible four days a week or more. If you read the Bible three days a week or less, there's actually no discernible difference between you and an unbeliever. <sighs> That's sad, right? So, if you're going to church on Sunday and you're, you're getting a sermon, that's not going to help you any. It's not going to give you spiritual nourishment. You're not going to be growing. You're going to be malnourished, right? So we try to put the Word of God first. Um, and the way that we do that is we have Bible reading accountability groups. And these are text groups at this point. Um, we may meet again on video again, but right now we're just texting one another saying, hey, this is what I read in the Word today. Where are you reading at? So I'm actually reading in the book of Genesis. And I'm not going to read you anything in particular, but I wanted to just throw out a couple of thoughts to you about Genesis and why believing the book of Genesis and the whole book as a whole, the whole Bible, is so crucial. And, and that is this, that if you do not believe the foundation and the creation story of your faith, then everything else falls, falls out, 
right? And there is a concerted attack on the scholarship of the book of Genesis, as well as other books, right? Here's the other thing. When you read the book of Genesis and you look at what's going on in our culture today, one of the most interesting narratives in the book of Genesis happens to be about Sodom and Gomorrah. True story. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah, um, we know that they're, they, they were real cities, real towns. We know that the Lord came down and specifically destroyed them because of the cries of the oppressed and those who are being hurt and abused in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's interesting, Lot, when Abraham and Lot were given a choice to look at land, Abraham gave Lot the first choice and Lot chose to go towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And it actually says that Sodom and Gomorrah were filled with wickedness, that the men, the acts were wicked against the Lord. You know, we get the word sodomite from the act of sodomy, which is an unnatural sex act that homosexuals engage in. And what's interesting is that if you actually go to dictionary.com and you look up the word sodomy or sodomite, I think I might can't remember if it's both words, but I did look it up. It actually mentions heterosexuals engage in this too. This is true, right? But that's not primarily the way most heterosexuals engage in sex, sexual activity. They don't generally engage in sodomy. That's really um, geared toward the homosexual community. And what's interesting, too, about the word sodomite is that there's a religious connotation in the Bible to it because they were they were male homosexual temple prostitutes. They were, they were temple prostitutes, which means that, you know, it was they were doing this in the temple, right? I mean, it, it just, it was an abomination. It's an abomination, right? And so if you look at things, if you look at the book of Genesis, we see a couple of things here. We see the creation of the world. We create, we see how the Lord created all mankind. We see how he made the animals, how he set up hierarchy, you know, within, you know, who, who rules over who. He told men and women to go and be fruitful and multiply. Um, and then eventually he ended up destroying Sodom and Gomorrah because of the sexual deviance and the wickedness that came out of it. Sadly, and interestingly, too, this is something interesting I noticed. Noah, okay, how many of you know who Noah is, right? We all know who Noah is. According to the book of, I believe it was Second Peter, it refers to Noah as a preacher of righteousness. But you know what's really interesting is if you read Genesis and you look at the Genesis account of Noah, nowhere in there does it ever say that he preached to anybody. In fact, as I was reading through this, I was like, this is very interesting. It actually talks about 
how the Lord told Noah specifically what to do in order to save his family and get them on the ark. Nowhere does it actually say in the text anywhere that he preached repentance to the whole world at that point, because the Bible specifically says that the whole world was filled with wickedness. And in the actual account, it actually only says that God appointed Noah and his family to be saved. Not the story that we hear traditionally when people are talking about Noah, right? So it's really interesting, the more you read the Word of God, and then you look at what we've been taught, and you look at how the media represents things, um, what's really true or not, right? So this past week, um, we heard about the Supreme Court of the United States, the, the leak, and the potential that Roe v. Wade uh, may be overturned, right? It may be sent back to state rights, states' rights. Well, you know, there's been so much that's happened because of that. Some of the, the, the Supreme Court of the United States, they've had people come out and protest at their homes. You know, years ago, that would have never have happened. But this is the Marxist communist tactic. This, these are the bullying tactics of the Marxist communist socialist left. And this is scary if you really think about it, right? We can see the rise of wickedness and evil in our culture. Also this week, and I'm not going to link to it or anything, but there's a brand new documentary out. It's called 2000 Mules, and that's M-U-L-E-S, 2000 Mules. It's put out by Dinesh D'Souza. And this is a documentary that explains how the 2020 election was stolen, right? Now, I have said all along that I didn't think it was valid, you know, the results that we saw from the media because the media is so corrupt. But what's amazing to me is that Fox News, you know, that good old Fox News, everybody talks about how Fox News is so conservative. They won't touch this. They won't touch this. In fact, I got an email from um, from uh, Emerald Robinson's The Right Way. And in there, she talks about how Fox News is headed for disaster. In fact, let me go ahead and show you this email and I will read some of it to you so you can see it directly. Uh, I won't read the whole thing because it's long, but I'll, I'll share with you a little bit of it. So it's here, I'll share that screen there, here we go. So it says here, Fox News is headed for disaster. Dinesh D'Souza's just exposed the treachery of the corporate media, quote, conservatives. Fox News has been on a collision course with its, with its own audience since the stolen 2020 election. And you can almost feel the impact coming. The network has made so many dumb bets lately that it's like watching a busload of trailer park residents get offloaded to play the nickel slots in Reno. All you can do is shake your head as you think, I know they're all going bankrupt and they're already bankrupt. It's been perfectly obvious for years, years now that Rupert Murdoch and his feckless sons turned against President Trump and actually helped Joe Biden, which is just which is not just unforgivable. It's unsustainable. Why? Because it requires the silence of other prominent conservatives and the short term memories of GOP voters to allow Fox News to continue pretending that it's a conservative news network. Guess what? 
GOP voters have not forgotten about Fox News calling Arizona early and prominent conservatives are no longer interested in ignoring Fox's treachery. In fact, I have a friend that I went to church with, I have to say, a while back, and he attacked me when I told him Fox News wasn't conservative. This guy just blew off on me and I was just like, you know, you might want to get your facts straight. But anyway, case in point, Dinesh D'Souza dropped several bombshells on Twitter recently that illustrate that Fox News has nowhere left to hide. And here is a tweet you can see that Dinesh D'Souza wrote. He said, I'm sorry to say Tucker Carlson and his team specifically instructing Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote, not to mention the movie. And then um, here you can see from Marissa Capella, um, are you going to mention 2000 Mules? Have I missed it? So then Emerald goes on to say, this sort of thing would have been unthinkable just a few years ago. D'Souza's tweet virtually guarantees that he will never appear on any Fox News program again. He will be blacklisted, a common pra practice at Fox. Just ask Rudy Giuliani and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Peter Navarro. Dinesh knew all of this and did it anyway. And that should tell you something. He even tagged a Fox producer on Tuck Tucker's team to name and shame him. Fox has lost its monopoly power on the right, and it's no longer immune from criticism by the conservative community. That hasn't stopped Fox News from trying to cut D'Souza out of his own documentary in order to present the work as its own. Just watch this explosive video, which I'm not going to share with you. Point here, I'm going to stop sharing. Point here is that we all know this, right? If you've watched me any length of time, you already know that we know the, the media by and large is, is bought and paid for. And we can look at news and we can look at bad news all day long. But again, bringing you back to the word of God. My question to you is, and this is so contrary, honestly, what I'm about to say, honestly, is my, my question and it's a challenging question for me as well. I'm just going to be honest. Is, are you looking for what God is doing in the world today? Are you looking for what God is doing in the world today? As Christians, we hold to the good news. We hold to the great news. I have to tell you a couple of things that happened this weekend, right? This weekend, it was Mother's Day. Um, and... I don't celebrate Mother's Day because my mother is dead. She wasn't the best mother on the planet. I'm not a mother. Uh, and, you know, so I don't have a reason to celebrate Mother's Day. So I decided to watch Pickleball instead. Okay. I know you're wondering, how did she bring this into the conversation again? But yes, it's here. Okay. So I decided to watch Pickleball. And as I was watching Pickleball, using my Bible News Radio YouTube account, um, and I was chatting in the stream like everybody else was, um, I decided to cheer for the underdog. I did not want Tyson McGuffin to win another match. And this and Tyson at one point, I believe, was named the number one pickleball player in the world. Right. And I, so I was like rooting for the other guy. I was like, yeah, you know, I want Riley to win and Riley Newman to win and, you know, all this stuff. Right. Well, because I'm chatting using Bible News Radio as my name, my, my username, people who love this other guy just just start literally started to attack me they attacked god uh you know of course they they mocked god 
And of course, then they went to my Bible News Radio page. They pulled up a video of me. At one point, the some some guy named Truth Nut, which you know he he claimed he wanted to debate me, but when I offered him that opportunity, I haven't heard from him yet. Um, but you know, him and some other woman, uh, they looked at they looked at me and they talked about how fat I was, called me four hundred pounds, and and just were really kind of nasty. Not once, not once did I return fire and not once did I even attack another human being, right? Simply cheering for the opponent, cheering for an underdog got me, got me attacked just because Bible was in my user name. Today, You'll find this interesting. I'm recording this on May 11th, which is Wednesday. Today, I was watching a YouTube video for a narcissistic abuse channel. And there was a woman who came in on the narcissistic abuse channel and was talking about her horrible experience in the evangelical church. And, and she was so glad that she got out of the cult and blah, blah. And this person named Justin decides to come in and comment and and um, just, it's, you know, basically fly, just barfs all over Christianity and how evil it is. And, you know, anybody that believes in that is, you know, stupid and all this other stuff. Well, I left a comment because I have to leave comments, people. That's just what I do. And my comment to the young woman at first was, you know what? I hear you. I was abused. Uh and the very first place I turned for help was the church. It was a pastor I actually went to in an evangelical church. Uh, and they didn't help me. They didn't help me. They told me to go to the school. They told me to go to the public school and talk to the counselor there. Okay, so 14-year-old kid finally get the courage up to, to share I'm being abused. And then they tell me to go to the public school. Well, frankly, they did help me. The public school helped me way more than the church ever did. So I was kind of showing some empathy for this, this person who was expressing their hurt. But this Justin guy starts attacking me. And all I said to him was, you know what? My heart hurts for you. You know what's interesting? His response, his response was that... I, he, he didn't want my heart to hurt for him and that he is a socialist stuck being raised in this um, expletive capitalist country called America. Um, but he was perfectly fine has his own company and he's got a family and he doesn't need me to hurt for him in any way. And then he mocked God um, and all that. And I just left a little message and basically said, you know, I know some people who fled to socialist communist countries, and I can tell you the only reason you're able to say the thing that you're able to say here in America is because we still have a little bit of freedom. Why do I share that? I share it because I just want you to know that for 17 years, I have watched the world interact with Christians and Never in my lifetime watching all of this have I did I ever expect to see such vehement 
opposition just to for a person to bear witness with Christ. You hold the Bible up, you're a Bible thumper. In fact, the pickleball people called me that. Well, you're just thumping the Bible and everything, right? And I actually responded to that comment by basically going, you know, right now I'm not. <laughs> and I actually flat out, it was interesting. I said, I didn't even bring God up. And I pointed that out and I said, I didn't bring God up. I didn't bring anything up. I said, but by virtue of my name, having the name Bible in it, that's why you guys attacked me. Not only did you attack me and my integrity and my looks and my faith and my God, but it's simply because I identify with the Bible, right? And that's how dark our, our culture has gotten, right? It used to be, and I don't consider myself that old, everybody. I'm only 53, okay? But I will tell you, God is up to something. God is working in people's lives. But it, it's like we look at what's going on and we look at what the enemy's doing. And I'll tell you what, he is bold. Satan is bold. Let me, let me share with you this unbelievable story. I got this off from Janet Parcel's Twitter account. She's the one that notified me of it. I just read her feed and check this out. Taco Bell. Yo Kiero Taco Bell, which by the way, was one of their worst marketing campaigns ever. Uh, Yo Kiero Taco Bell promotes LGBT advocacy in drag queen shows in its restaurants. Okay, well, just so you know, my husband and I, we used to go to Taco Bell all the time. We stopped a few months back. I don't even know. It's been a while because, frankly, their food just does not like us anymore. We, we're eating better food these days. But this is this is nuts. This, look at this. Okay, I'm going to read this. It says here, I'm going to try to make it bigger, too, so you can see it better. <clears throat> it says Taco Bell is offering professional cross-dressers along with a new $5 Bell breakfast box, Cinnabon Delights coffee, and mimosas in a five-city drag brunch tour that promotes mental health for LGBT use. Okay, I could say so much right now about that, but I'm going to continue to read here. The company says the brunches, which started Sunday at its Las Vegas cantina, will feature drag queens and drag kings performing lip sync routines on stage at the Mexican fast food restaurants. Quote, we understand the importance of creating safe spaces for the LGBTQIA community and are thrilled to provide a unique experience that spotlights and celebrates the wonderful, wonderful art form of drag and its influence and culture with their chosen families. Sean Trestvant, Taco Bell's global chief brand officer said in a statement, okay, <clears throat> Gotta, I got to just got to tell you this here. You see this here? I'm highlighting that, right? I'm going to see if I can get it any bigger. See that? Just a note. You see that plus there? You know what the plus stands for, right? Okay. It means everything else, right? It means pedophilia, bestiality, etc. Right. So you got lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning, uh, intersex. I don't know. A, I don't, I don't even know. 
I have no clue what all this means, to be honest with you. I probably should. I you know, haven't brushed up on the latest insanity. Taco Bell follows several big U.S. corporations, such as the Walt Disney Company, that have recently promoted LGBT and transgender rights. It means to it remains to be seen, however, whether the woke initiatives will appeal to consumers. It won't to this consumer. Conservative populism is on the rise around the globe, so adopting left-leaning views or policies is risky for business. Alan Mendenhall, Associate Dean of the Business School at Troy University in Alabama, told the Washington Times in an email. (laughs) I love it. Conservative populism. Yeah. Yeah. Conservative populism. Well, here's here's the here's a newsflash. Okay, the American culture is not by and large conservative. Okay, our American culture is left, and I will illustrate this to you very easily. Okay, number one, our education system has gone down the tubes for sure. Right. We don't we no longer teach biblical Christianity in the in the public schools. We don't even teach biblical Christianity in most churches. Okay, the church today, by and large, is hugely apostate. And I'll I'll share with you one apostate article in, in a moment. But if you turn on the TV, you know, you turn on the boob tube or whatever you want to call it, if you turn it on. You are going to be promoted nothing but immorality constantly. Immorality, inappropriate sex, murder, greed. You know, let's go down through the lust, the, the lust of all the flesh, right? Sensuality, covetousness, adultery, fornication. That's what the media promotes. There's nothing good in regular media. And then if you look at Christian media, there's so much of Christian media that's just flat out heresy and apostasy. You have people who are purporting to speak for God when they never open the book up. They never open. They don't open the Bible up. Biblical illiteracy is at an all time low and after the pandemic, or I mean, planned-demic, the planned-demic, church attendance has dropped, dropped, and Bible reading has dropped. You have a, you if you are a Bible believing, adhering to the Word of God, Christian, you are in a extreme minority today. You are not in the majority. If you believe this book and you live it and you love it and you worship Jesus and the Father and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are you are a rare commodity if you believe and obey this book. And you know the creator of the universe. You are. You're just you're in a minority. And so in America. Right now, that window is very thin for believers because I believe we're going to keep seeing the oppression of God's word. And if you dare say anything against homosexuality or whatever, abortion, 
crazy. Check this out. All right. Now I've known this woman for a while is, is off the rails, but you know, she's very popular within the Christian world. This story here is on the Christian compost website. And I say compost and I actually literally mean it because first of all, the Christian post, AKA compost is not owned by believers. Just so you know, it's not owned by Christians. And secondly, they, they never post positive, great stories about Christians doing anything really. And maybe, maybe once in a, a blue moon, one article for every 500 they put look, making, you know, Christians look horrible or talking about stuff like this, but Jen Hatmaker, okay. <sighs> Jen Hatmaker a while back came out pro-gay and, um, and now she is voicing support for abortion. And she's calling the opposition political theater. Says here, author says pro-life lawmakers should provide a multitude of subsidies from free childcare to marriage counseling. Hold on just a second. Interesting. Number one, there are more crisis pregnancy counseling centers in America, aka CPC, than there are Planned Parenthoods. All right. Okay. Number two, the overwhelming majority of those who run and have started the crisis pregnancy counseling centers in America um, are run by believers, you know, um, without the believers actually having the CPCs out there to help the women who are in crisis you know, to help them so that they don't have to kill their baby. The world would be way worse off. So her ridiculous comment here, just in this little subtitle, this ridiculous comment uh, where it says pro-life lawmakers should provide multitude of subsidies from free child care to marriage counseling. I, hello, it's, it's not the role of our government to make laws to provide subsidies for free childcare for a woman who has a child. I'm sorry, the, the people who are supposed to be paying for the child are the mother and the father. And this isn't an issue if the man and the woman are married and they waited to have a child. And the overwhelming majority of those women who are in crisis pregnancies are not married. They're single. They have fornicated and they got pregnant out of wedlock. Yes, there are some women who are married who want to kill their babies. But the overwhelming majority statistically is that those who are out of single and out of wedlock, they're sleeping around or shacking up. They get pregnant. And so they want to get rid of the baby because it's an inconvenience to them. So it shouldn't be the role of government to take care of that person's baby. You know, it shouldn't be the role of government to make laws to provide marriage counseling or whatever for people. No, it should be if you want counseling, you should pay for it out of your pocket like I did. I'm not an entitled human being, though, but Jen Hatmaker, this is the position she's coming from, a title of entitlement. 
But she's being completely unbiblical as well. So listen to this. We'll keep continuing reading here. It says here, and this is her. Christian author Jen Hatmaker, a mother of five, has voiced her support for Roe v. Wade after a leaked U.S. Supreme Court opinion suggests that the landmark decision that legalized abortion appears to be set to be overturned. It's not going to be overturned, by the way. The overturning of the 1973 Supreme Court judgment will cause, quote, immediate disproportionate harm and, quote, not just emotional harm, physical and legal harm, Hatmaker, Hatmaker wrote on her blog. Last week, Politico published a leaked draft majority opinion regarding the case of Dobbs v. Jackson's women's health, which suggested that five of the nine Supreme Court justices voted to uphold Mississippi law banning abortion after 15-week gestation, that they would overturn Roe v. Wade, which usurped states' laws on abortion and legalized the practice nationwide. An overturned Roe v. Wade decision would send the issue back to the 50 respective states to each each determine their abortion laws. And by the way, I mentioned this last week uh, and I said I wasn't sure where Tennessee held on this. Well, I will tell you, I looked it up after the show, after I recorded it, and Tennessee actually does provide abortions. So even here in the middle of the Bible Belt where I live, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, you could still kill your baby here in the Bible Belt in Tennessee because it's legal here in Tennessee. Isn't that tragic? I think so. Hatmaker, who made headlines in 2016 for affirming same-sex marriage, claimed that data unambiguously proves that making abortion illegal doesn't lower abortion rates. It simply makes them more dangerous, she argued, and dangerous for whom? One in four American women have had an abortion, so dangerous for your daughters, your sisters, your best friends, your colleagues, your neighbors, your church friends, and of course, those you, of you reading with your quiet, private, personal history there, as it should be yourself. It will be disproportionately dangerous for women of color and under-resourced women, as all social ills are. Hatmaker further argued that abortion is a choice women make for endless personal reasons, including the health of the mother, the health of the baby, rape, incest, viability, financial instability, a dangerous home environment, lack of help, and of course, reasons that are theirs alone, as are their bodies. She added, this is intensely personal and private, and women deserve agency and choice, not only with their bodies, but over the decision to parent for the rest of their lives. Anti-abortion advocates also known as pro-lifers, have every right to their convictions, but those convictions should only apply to their bodies, their families, and their futures. Hatmaker called the legislative opponents to row political theater. I'm not going to read the rest because I don't feel like it, but what I will tell you is this is absolutely unbiblical. So Jen Hatmaker, some people are referring to as woke, um, I would say she's theologically broke. And what's really tragic to me is this is a woman who's had five children saying this. So she knows that that baby is a baby. But there is no excuse. And, and this is the thing. I was talking to my therapist about this a couple days ago. Because some of us still have to go to therapy to deal with life, okay? Just saying. But I was talking to my therapist, and I was sharing with her um, something very personal. 
And I'm not going to reveal what that was because it's not important to, to that you know what the detail is. But I was saying to her, I said, you know, what's really interesting to me is that I know this happened. My life has been impacted by it. But people don't want to talk about the consequences of their sin. And as I said that, I thought to myself, wow, that's kind of profound, you know. <laughs> but I also went on to tell her, my therapist also went on to tell her, I said, you know, the consequences of somebody else's sin, we don't talk about it because our culture literally advocates for the exact opposite. And that's what Jen Hatmaker's doing. She is giving all these emotive reasons why killing a baby is okay, okay by her. You know, she's claiming that th th some people can't find help. Well, that's not true. There's government help. There's church help. People will find help if they truly are looking for it. Um, you know, and, and and all these other things, right? She's she's taking away and not looking at the actual consequence to the sin. Okay, so this is what I mean. And, and this is really what, this is really what is underneath most of what this is, okay? Whether you're looking at homosexuality or abortion or any other moral social ill, you know, if it's alcoholism or drug abuse or prostitution or human trafficking or greed or bankruptcy or whatever, you know, it's listed in the, in the, the fleshly sins, the carnal sins, right? When we engage in sinful behavior that God specifically outlines, he gives us boundaries for, like say, for example, marriage. Marriage is one man and one woman, period, together, right? Now, if we did it God's way, right? If we obeyed his word and did it his way, got married first and then engaged in sex, and then got pregnant, and then had a child, then you have a child who is blessed with a mother and a father, so there's no single parenting here. Generally speaking, statistically speaking, a child raised in a home with a mom and a dad is gonna be financially off better because they're not gonna be broke. They're not gonna be living, um, you know, the kid isn't most likely gonna end up in childcare. And some people would argue that and say, well, no, you know, you can't live on one income these days. Well, I know people that do and they have lots of kids. So it's a choice, right? It's a choice what you decide you're gonna do. My point here is though, that if you do it God's way, you're not gonna have all this other stuff. Number one, you're not gonna have a sexually transmitted disease if you're a man and a woman and you waited till marriage. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be fine. You will not have herpes or any STD out there. You know, I can tell you as a therapist, sadly, the overwhelming majority of my clients told me they had STDs because they, because they didn't wait. They didn't do it right. They didn't do it God's way. So if you get pregnant out of wedlock, then if the, the, the man is a scumbag, he isn't going to support this baby. If you end up being a single mother because you chose to have the baby, that kid is most likely going to be raised in poverty unless you have some help from extended family. And in some cases, that's not going to help. Right. 
broken hearts. You know, who tends to the broken heart of that girl whose whole life has flashed before her and was messed up because she chose to have sex before marriage? See, God gives us boundaries. When we choose to violate the boundaries, we don't want to deal with the consequence of that violation. That's what this is all about. What the left in particular tries to do is take away the consequence to the bad behavior. You know, because the reality is, is that there are those of us who did it right, who we don't suffer the consequences when we do things wrong. You know, and that's where people like Jen Hatmaker miss it. They miss the point. Well, because this person did this, now the rest of society has to pay for it. It's like, oh, no, you should reap what you sow and you need to pay your own way. You did the act. You take care of yourself. It just so happens that the church, real church, Christianity, real biblical Christianity is out there trying to aid and assist people who mess up and doing it without condemnation. They're not saying, hey, go get, go, go over there to Planned Parenthood and kill your baby. They'll never know. No, the crisis pregnancy centers are saying, you know what, honey, we know you made a mistake. We're here for you. We're going to help you. Here's the gospel. We're going to share with you how much God loves you, that he can forgive you. And here's some diapers and here's some formula. Here's some parenting classes. Here's some counseling. That's where the real church comes in. And this is what we don't hear about. What we hear about are the whiners like Jen Hatmaker or other people, you know, promoting you know, this per perversion advocacy for sexual deviancy of, of all sorts. Where are all the stories about the marriages that have succeeded because they did it right in God's way? I was at Pickleball this morning and one of my friends just lost her, her husband. And I was a friend of this man. He's one of my friends too. Uh, and I was talking to her and, um, I said, how long have you been married? And she said, 32 years to, to Larry. I said, wow, my husband and I have been married 30 years in August. 30 years. 30 years. And it's not because we had the best role models growing up, because we didn't. I didn't. There were 12, nine marriages. Wait, three, six. There was, okay, my dad was married four times. His was married twice. That's six. And each of our mothers were married three times each. So that's six. So 12, there were 12 marriages between our four parents, Randall's and my parents. But none of those guys were married for any length of time, with the exception of Randall's dad, who was married for a while. But I didn't have the example of what a good godly marriage looked like. But I didn't go whining to the government saying, you need to pay me, pay for for, you know, counseling for me so that I can do, no, I went and I got educated. I chose to read the Bible, look at what it says. And God gave me wisdom because I asked for it and he showed me where to go to get it. You know, anybody today that pleads ignorance that they don't know anything is a 
L-I-A-R. They're a liar. We live in a society today where there's more knowledge on our phone than hundreds of years ago would get in a lifetime. We get more info on our phones on a daily basis than they did hundreds of years ago. It's, this is not a culture of ignorance. We are a culture of people who don't want to be held accountable for their sin. And that's why people have problem with Christians. A big one. Because Jesus came to abolish sin. He came to conquer death and to pay for our sin. He's the one that paid for our sin because he loves us. But you know what? In paying for our sin, he doesn't wipe away the consequence of our sin. He had that choice when Adam and Eve sinned. He actually told them in Genesis. Remember going back to Genesis, you know, basically said, you're going to die. Surely, surely you won't die. Well, well, they did, though. They did die. They died spiritually. And ironically, you know, they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When we have knowledge of good and evil, we have to have, we have to make a choice. They didn't know what evil was prior to this, clearly, but they were tempted. The serpent tempted them and they both ate. And now we live in a sin-sick fallen world. And most people who are not followers of Christ and many who claim to be try to do everything in their power to avoid the consequence of their behavior and their sin. And it, it covers all areas of life. It covers your family life, your education, your schooling, your church life, every area. When you engage in inappropriate, sinful behavior, that trickles down through society. When you don't fear God and obey his commandments, you have a culture that we have today. And we are just as bad, if not worse, than Sodom and Gomorrah. But here's the good news. Those of us who are still living today, and we know the Lord, right? We really know the Lord. Why? Because we spend time in his word. We take time to get to know his heart. And we pray for, for ourselves and our families and our society. Um, the good news is, is that there is hope and God is doing stuff. There are people out there who are getting saved every single day, contrary to Satan's desire. Satan wants to kill everybody. And he wants to take as many people to hell with him as he can. Our role as believers is to offer hope where there is no hope. And, you know, I mean, I've been studying suicide and looking at the numbers and stuff. You know, it's an average of about 132 or three people a day kill themselves. If you add that up and multiply that by 30 or 31 days, it's over 4,000 people a month take their life. You know, what's interesting about that. You know why suicide? And by the way, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. We talked about that last week. But I will end the show on this. You know why suicide is especially egregious? It's because God gave each of us 
he breathed life into us to make us alive. But the person who actually succeeds at killing themselves literally have overridden the natural God-giving, life-giving life that God wanted us to have. You have to really want to die to kill yourself, right? You have to really override every all-natural, God-given thing that God gave you. You have, to, you have to really want it. It's tragedy. And yet, this is another area where people go, well, they don't look at the consequence of it. Do you know that on average, when somebody commits suicide, that impacts six people's life and changes it forever on average, just six people. So you multiply that 4,000 by six and you have a lot of people that have been impacted because one person decided to override and kill themselves. God doesn't bless that, by the way. There are consequences to our behavior, to our sin. There are consequences to rejecting God's ways. And for those people who've never heard the message, it's our job as believers to show them the message and to be the light, to be the encouragers, to show people this is Jesus. This is what he did. Without the cross, we have no Christianity. And we have to, as believers, like we have to elevate the cross of Christ. Because if you think that God doesn't understand and that he doesn't know what you've gone through or he hasn't experienced what you've experienced, I'm going to tell you, then you need to read the book because he has. He understands it. He's been tempted in all ways. And yet he laid down his life, a perfect, sinless, spotless lamb. He is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And he did that so that we can know him personally and we could come into a personal relationship and live with him forever because he loves us. He loves you. But there are consequences. If you don't receive what Jesus did, then that consequence is hell. Bottom line, you have to choose. You got to humble yourself or just walk in pride and go, okay, I don't care. I will tell you, if you walk, the, if you walk away and you, you, you deny Christ, you walk away from him, you don't receive what he did, you will pay the consequence for that. And there will be no government subsidy or any way for you to get out of being in eternity in hell. Because you will have had to deal with your day of reckoning by rejecting the one who loves you, created you. So my encouragement to you is to don't do that. Don't reject Jesus. Receive him. Really examine yourself and see if you're in the faith. Because I guarantee you that days are going to get darker. Real believers are going to get persecuted more. But I will tell you what. If you read the end of the book. He wins and we all win. And that's going to be a great day when all of this fallen world is going to be gone. We're going to win because Jesus won for us. 
Amen. All right. Hope you all have a good, great week. And Lord willing, I'll be back here next week. Don't forget, you can donate to our show, our nonprofit, Heart Tug International. Just go over to BibleNewsRadio.com or HeartTug.org. If you get on my email list and also, uh, you know, join our text messaging group on Signal um, and become a part of our community. Um, we need each other in this day, right? We need each other to lift each other up and to pray uh, and to encourage one another and um just want you to know Randall and I are here for that and um, hope that hope you take us up on it. Okay. All right. I'll see you soon.